Hello and welcome back to the School of Surgery. I'm Susan Clayton, a surgical trainee, and today I'm going to be taking you through a left laparoscopic pyeloplasty. This young gentleman was found to have a left-sided pelvico-ureteric junction obstruction. A preoperative intravenous urogram was performed. 15 minutes after the contrast, you can see that the right renal pelvis, ureter, and down to the bladder are filling with contrast. Nine hours later, there's still no contrast seen in the left ureter, but there's some in the left renal pelvis in the bladder scene. This operation can be divided into five steps and I'll be taking you through each of these steps in turn. First off, we need to set up and orientate ourselves. The patient's positioned in the lateral position and a 10mm camera port is inserted to obtain a pneumoperitoneum. Orientating ourselves, we can see the liver here, moving over toward the spleen and then down towards the large bowel. Looking more laterally to the bowel here, you can see the mass created by the kidney behind the peritoneum. This is down the descending colon and you can see the tinea coli identifying it as large bowel. And here just behind the mesentery and the mesenteric vessels, we can spot a pale structure which is most likely going to be the ureter that we're looking for. Following the ureter up, we're now looking directly at where the pelvico-ureteric junction should be. In order to continue with the operation, we need to place some ports. There's a port here placed in the left iliac fossa. This is always done under direct visualisation to ensure that we don't damage the bowel with the introducer. and then a further port is placed in the left upper quadrant again ensuring that the introducer is directed away from the bowel to make sure that we don't damage the bowel. We then need to gain access to the retroperitoneum in order to visualise the pelvico-ureteric junction. Sometimes this is done by mobilising the bowel from lateral to medial so that you can see the pelvico-ureteric junction but this gentleman was quite thin and there's not a lot of fat in his mesentery. Therefore we created a window through the mesentery directly over the, where we felt the pelvico-ureteric junction was. This is done using a combination of diathermy and the laparoscopic scissors and care is taken to avoid the mesenteric vessels which you can see quite clearly here. Once you're in the right plane a window should open up and then you can use further blunt dissection. We've extended the window here, again avoiding that mesenteric uh, vessel in the middle that you can see. So we're looking for the ureter so we can follow it up and find the obstruction. There's a pale structure just coming into view here. We're doing some blunt dissection with the endoscopic peanut. We're just trying to skeletalize the ureter here so that we can follow it up and find the obstruction. We then need to relieve the obstruction within the ureter. Sometimes this is done by excising a section of the ureter where the obstruction is. In this case we performed a division of the ureter. So we've got hold of the pelvico-ureteric junction here. 
Once the tissues around it have been dissected away, we're then cutting through into the ureter. You can see some cloudy urine coming out and the wall of the ureter is quite thickened which is most likely due to chronic inflammation. At this point we're also looking for any stones that may be present um, as the urine there will have been quite stagnant. The ureter is completely transected We're then spatulating the ureter here. This is where the stenosis is. By opening it up like this, we're then going to suture it to the renal pelvis. And so the stenosis will then be opened up and will no longer cause an obstruction. We've got a view into the renal pelvis here and we're just washing that out and checking for any stones. We then need to begin to suture the spatulated ureter to the renal pelvis. We're using a 3A Vicryl here and the suture goes from the outside to inside on the ureter and then inside to out on the renal pelvis. This means that we can tie the knot on the outside of the renal tract so that the knot doesn't act as a focus for further stones or stenosis and scarring to occur. Then we perform a double throw in one direction and two further single throws to complete the knot. We'll leave quite a long end to the suture here so that later on after the stent's been inserted we can find that end to complete the suturing. We then carry this on as a continuous suture. We're working on the posterior aspect of the ureter here. Sometimes this is done as an interrupted suture and it means if there's a problem then you can just remove or, or replace one of your sutures. We then need to place the stent in order to bridge the anastomosis. This is set up away from the patient. We take the guide wire out of its sheath to begin with. and then exactly 12 centimetres of the sheath is cut off and this will be used to help guide the stent into the renal pelvis later. The stent's then moulded into a shape that allows us to guide the stent into the renal pelvis later on. And then we need to guide both the stent and the pusher onto the wire. The orange pusher is placed onto the wire first and then after that the stent is placed onto the wire. The stent is the blue tubing that you can see being placed onto the wire now. and then a clip marks the end of the wire so that it doesn't slip out. Then the moulded sheath that we made earlier is put into the left upper quadrant port and the rest of the equipment is placed down that. We then use this to guide the stent into the ureter. So we've got part of the stenosis is open here um, and the posterior aspect is sutured as we showed you earlier.
That's guided down and then all the rest is taken away leaving just the stent. We then place the proximal end of the stent into the renal pelvis. This end of the stent should form a J shape within the renal pelvis and we should just get a view of that in a moment. Finally we need to restore ureteric continuity and continue that suture that we started earlier over the anterior aspect of the anastomosis. So we're still using the same suture and we left that in situ. And we carry that on around the ureter so that it's sutured in 360 degrees. You can just see one of the final sutures going in now. And we always make sure that we're going through both the renal pelvis and the ureter and all layers of it. This is then tied off with that long end that we left earlier on. Again, two throws in one direction and then two further single throws to complete the knot. Finally, a port is placed in the left iliac fossa as this is where fluid is likely to collect. We'd like to thank Storts for their help in the preparation of this podcast. Thank you very much for joining us on the School of Surgery and we hope you look forward to hearing more urology podcasts.